from the number three pick in 2021 to number three on the depth chart. The Trey Lance era in San Francisco might have already come and gone. Cyrus Wittig here with you on ESPN West Palm tonight, streaming free on the ESPN app. And again, Trey Lance behind, of course, the starter Brock Purdy. And at number two, Sam Darnold here with us to talk Trey Lance and a host of other NFL topics. Our ESPN front office insider, former GM of the Jets and the Dolphins, Mike Tannenbaum. And again, Mike T, the big news of the day, maybe turn out to really be the big news of the week, comes out of the West Coast. As again, 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan announced that Trey Lance, the third overall pick in 2021, who the Niners, by the way, traded four picks and three first-rounders to get, is going to be third on the San Francisco depth chart behind starter Brock Purdy and his backup, Sam Darnold. And, And Shanahan said, quote, We gave Lance a big chance to win the number two spot this year. It was a very tough fight, but in the long run, Sam ended up winning it. Again, that's Sam Darnold. Mike T, simply put, is Trey Lance done in San Francisco, or do you still see a path forward for, again, the guy who was the number three overall pick in 2021? On this one, I think it's far from over because Cyrus, he threw 30 passes his last year in college and 192 in the NFL. So I think the only grade we could give Trey Lance is a grade incomplete, mm-hmm. and we know the quarterback's a developmental position. So the Niners can keep Trey Lance on the active roster with the NFL's new rule that allows teams to carry three quarterbacks, but many people think that this is a strong indicator that Lance is on his way of San Fran via a trade. Mike T, if you were taking over the Niners today, how would you deal with this situation with Trey Lance? Do you keep him on the roster, hope that he it develops and is useful to you down the road, maybe years from now, or trade him away for what will obviously be pennies on the dollar? Yeah, if I, if I own the 49ers, I would just simply say, like, you know, John Lynch, the general manager, and, and Kyle Shan, the head coach, like, look, two years ago, you guys traded up a lot to get this guy. And, you know, the only grade is a grade incomplete. So, you know, let's go back to the process. Like, why did we draft this guy? And we obviously believed in him. And let's, you know, let's keep working with it. Let's go back to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, two really good quarterbacks, neither started as rookies. Like, it takes a minute. So, you know, in my mind, like, I am really in, in, in no rush whatsoever to move on from him. And, you know, they got knocked out. It was on their fourth quarterback last year. You know, Josh Johnson got hurt um, in the championship game. So I'm not doing anything. Yeah. If I'm uh, if I'm the 49ers. No, I agree. I don't think there's any any upside right now to to moving Trey Lance. I mean, best case scenario, you you get back a a, a second, maybe a third day pick, and then you know Jordan Love sat behind Aaron Rodgers for seemingly a decade. I know it wasn't that long, but you know he looks great so far. High expectations for him and. You know what? What happens if you know down the road, Trey Lance becomes a, a viable starter in the NFL? Then then you've you know hurt yourself coming and going. So I, I totally agree that there's no sense in really giving up on him right now. If they do, if they say we're going to trade him, we're we're not keeping him on the roster. I mentioned day two, day three pick. Mike T, what do you, what do you think the trade market is for a guy like Trey Lance? Again, who hasn't played a lot of football, but obviously there there was a reason the Niners drafted him third overall. 
Yeah, I think it's a conditional pick. Yeah, I've been in the situation before where, look, they're never going to get anywhere close to the value they gave up. Right. So what I, I would tell the team, like be if it was you know, Tampa Bay or Minnesota, you know, a team that could be looking for a young quarterback to develop, like, hey, look, you know, whatever the pick is now is almost irrelevant. I want a conditional pick. You know, if he starts over the next two years, that's meaningful. So if you hit on him, you know, that we get something of significance, mm. but um, like that's how I'm going to do that because there's no way I'm going to get anywhere close to the value that, you know, I think I deserve. Again, here on ESPN West Palm tonight with former GM of the Jets and the Dolphins, Mike Tannenbaum. We're talking Trey Lance and, and going to get into a couple other topics very shortly. But Mike T, just to again tie a bow on Trey Lance for, for now, who would be the potential suitors for Trey Lance if? the Niners really wanted to move on. Where are the places that, that Lance could land that would be the best situation for him? You know, Dan Orlovsky just said something very similar on a, you know, ESPN. You know, he had mentioned Tampa Bay and Minnesota, which I agree. I, I throw in a team like Arizona. But candidly, like, you know, there's probably more teams, uh, you know, I, I would even say teams like Denver who may need a young quarterback behind mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. You know, like, there's teams that, if you're not sure if you have a guy, look, even a team like the Miami Dolphins, who, look, if healthy, you know, two is probably their guy for a long time. But why not keep looking? You know, so, um, or take a team like Carolina. You have Andy Dalton. Wouldn't you love to have a young quarterback to pair with Bryce Young long-term? So there's probably very few teams that would rule out just given the upside that Trey Lance may have. Again, not saying he does have Cyrus, but... I would just make sure that um, if I was a team, as long as the price going in was reasonable and the more significant pick was if he played well, I'd be very open-minded to it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a, a lot of teams like that. I mean, got teams like, you know, the Raiders with, with Jimmy G in front of them, got teams like, you know, the Rams That's with, right. with, with Stafford. You know, who, who knows how long he'll be playing at a, at a really high level. Uh, tons and tons of teams. So I, I think you really hit the nail on the head there, Mike T. Just speaking of young quarterbacks and, and speaking of drama, let's go back to Indianapolis where Jonathan Taylor, who has been feuding with the Colts owner Jim Ursay, has recently requested a trade. And the Colts have reportedly demanded a first-round pick for Taylor's services, which I doubt they'll get, considering that if the Colts refuse to pay him, you know, why would another team give up a first-round pick? That's just my take. Mike T., how do you see this Jonathan Taylor situation playing out over the short term? I'm pissed if I'm Jonathan Taylor. There, there, there's no way you could say, like, this is, like, in good faith that you're, you're allowing me to make a trade at the hardest time of the year. If you were dealing in good faith, hey, Let's look at this in March. So um, I think more to come. I think there's you know bad blood here, and um, I think this one's far from over. I think you just alluded to it, Mike T. A huge factor in the potential trade equation is just how close we are to the regular season. I mean, the Chiefs and the Lions kick off exactly two weeks from now. How, how much of a, is that a deterrent for a Taylor trade as it relates to getting him settled in a new offense, carving out a role for him that realizes his value and makes a trade worthwhile? Yeah, it's it's really hard because you're talking about uh, just a a great back. Like if you're a team, like you, you got to give up picks and players. Like with McCaffrey, he had signed the extension, so it wasn't that hard to do, Cyrus. Um, but in this situation where you have to do a contract and the pick, I, I think it's really hard to do, especially this time of year. 
Again, here with our ESPN front office insider, former GM of the Jets and the Dolphins, Mike Tannenbaum. Talked a little Trey Lance earlier now, catching up on all the controversy with the Indianapolis Colts. And and again, as a reminder, to go back and listen to the full conversation, look up ESPN West Palm tonight on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, whichever you prefer. And Mike T., this Jonathan Taylor drama doesn't take place in a vacuum, and I have to believe that this is somewhat, if not a major distraction for the other guy in the Colts' backfield, the number four overall pick in this year's NFL draft, Anthony Richardson. Mike T., how much of a negative impact does this sort of drama, this sort of uncertainty have on a rookie quarterback, and of course, in this case, again, Anthony Richardson? Yeah, I want to start Anthony Richardson. We want him to be great for 10 years. So to me, I would have, uh, you know, said, hey, let's go out there with Gardner Minshew. We'll play Anthony Richardson uh, when he's ready to go. It doesn't matter if it's October 1, November 1. Let's take our time here. The fact that Jonathan Taylor's not there to me is, um, you know, another reason just to pump the brakes on this. Yeah, and that's something we talked about last week. I was going to ask you this regardless of the new developments with Taylor. But again, last week's the Colts announced that Richardson was going to be the starter week one, a decision that both you and I disagreed with. And Mike T, to make matters even more confusing, at least to me, was that even after naming Richardson the week one starter, they didn't play Richardson. He didn't take a snap in the Colts' second preseason game this past weekend. So again, to recap, the Colts name a guy who only has played one full season of college football, the starter, and then they decide not to give him invaluable experience in the preseason. Mike T, not to sound harsh, but this sounds like quarterback mismanagement 101 to me. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, again, like, you have to take the long, sober view. Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, like, there's a look how what good Jordan Love's playing, right? He didn't play for two years. Wrapping things up here with our ESPN front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, again, former GM of the Jets and the Dolphins. And from one young quarterback to another, Washington Commanders quarterback Sam Howell looked very good in the first half against the Ravens. 19 for 25, 188 yards, two touchdowns. Again, just the first half, just week two of the preseason. But Mike T, given that, how excited should Commanders fans be about the potential of Sam Howell? You know, it's interesting on that, Cyrus, because I think it's how he has to play. Like, they have a great defense or should have a great defense. Um, so if he could run around, make some plays with his feet, and play the way he has, they'll be more competitive than I thought. And um, that's what's really interesting. Sometimes, like, preseason's a precursor of what's about to happen, or it could be an aberration. But he, he has looked much better than I thought. So obviously Sam Howell, one of the – Preseason week two stars. Mike T, who else this past weekend really impressed you, really caught your eye across the league? I think, I think there's two good, really young quarterbacks out there. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, uh, fifth-round pick of the Browns, and then Aiden O'Connell, uh, fourth-round pick of the Raiders. I think those are two quarterbacks that, to me, have really shown very positively very quickly. And I'm not saying that you know they're going to start – today, tomorrow for Jimmy Garoppolo or certainly for Deshaun Watson. But in terms of players that have exceeded expectations, you mentioned Sam Howell, but I would put those two draft choices uh, in that conversation as well. 
Good stuff. Mike T, I will let you go. But as always, thank you for the insight, for the info. Enjoy preseason week three, and we'll uh, catch up next week. All right, Cyrus. Thanks so much.